Welcome to the SSU Career Chat, brought to you by the Sonoma State University Career Center. I'm Callie. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lily. Thanks for listening in. If you're wanting to learn more about major to career exploration or career outlook, then you're in the right place. We've got a great episode for you all, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the SSU Career Chat. Hey listeners, it's Callie. Today we have an episode for you all about Seawolves who found jobs while they were still in their final year at Sonoma State. We have some real go-getters to show you today. People who are eager to find jobs as soon as possible and were able to do just that. Also, be aware that in two interviews there is occasional mild static, but it should not detract from the content and we thank you for your understanding. Our first interview is with Elise. Elise majored in Geography, Environment and Planning, and Environmental Systems with a concentration in Physical Science. She is a Regulatory Project Manager for the Army Corps of Engineers in San Francisco. All right, Elise, we are recording. So how did you come to Sonoma State in the first place? Hi, I'm Elise. I, when I graduated high school, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, and Sonoma State was both far away from home, but still close enough. I can go home on the weekends. And it was as simple as that. I visited the campus and I just loved it. It's like right in the right area and so close to the beach, not so close to the beach, but it's pretty close to the beach. Uh, And yeah, that was it. So how did you decide what you wanted to major in? So originally I was declared political science and I hated it. I could not, I, that's not just, it's just not for me. So I was taking French classes, I declared a minor and then decided to major in it. And then again, decided that just wasn't quite for me. Uh, I only had like three classes left though. So I completed that um, concurrently with uh, geography, environment and planning. I majored in environmental systems, concentration in physical science and it was exactly right for me, finally. So when you were a senior at SSU, you were able to find a job in your field? Yeah, so March before I graduated, so that would have been March of 2020 last year, I got a job announcement from one of my advisors, Dr. Lisa Bentley in the biology department. She forwarded it to me and another student and said, you know, just just apply. And I was like, yeah, of course, sure, I'll apply. I really want a job. And through that, it took about six months. (laughs) So I got hired in September of 2020, but through that, I got the position where I'm at right now, which is with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. So shout out to all the advisors at Sonoma State doing good by their students. (laughs) Wow, that happened so fast. So tell us about your job. Well, I froze a little bit. Tell us about your job. (laughs) Uh, So I, my official title is a regulatory project manager. Uh, As an ecologist, I basically protect our nation's navigable waterways by issuing permits. So making sure that people are doing the right thing usually. Um, and it's really fun because I get to talk with people from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the National Marine Fisheries Service with NOAA and the State Historic Preservation Office. It's a lot of desk work, but I do get to go outside sometimes. So that's a big bonus. Is this a position that you would ever have imagined yourself getting when you first came into SSU? No way. Not at all. My mom was in this field, sort of, and I didn't want anything to do with what she had to do. But after a few years of college, I was like, nope, that's it. That's what I want to do. So So what is your favorite part of your job? 
probably my coworkers, honestly. They are so funny and so nice. And it's really nice being in a community of people that all cares about the environment and has very similar values. I found that a lot at Sonoma State too, this group of people where, you know, you don't want to save the planet. And we've all found our little niches. And ours is issuing permits. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think the advantages are to finding jobs while you're still a student, as opposed to waiting till you graduate to flesh out the workforce? Honestly, uh, so it was super funny because this job I didn't hear about until like July of 2020. So there was a big gap between applying for the job, hearing about like hearing back about the job, getting the interview, getting another interview, like all of that. Um, so I kind of got a bit of both worlds where yes, I did get the job I applied to in college, but I also spent all summer applying to jobs and trying to seek out what I really wanted to do. And it was so stressful. So I was really lucky to be able to get that job I applied for in college and not have to spend the next year job hunting. Yeah. And you were probably, you know, you're fresh out of college. So you're somebody they're looking for. You still have all that knowledge. It hasn't been like <laughs> watered down or gone away at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm lucky enough to both have uh, education and experience under my belt. Yeah. And you're super young too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so I guess that brings us about to the close. Is there advice that you would offer to students at SSU that are looking at getting a job as soon as possible, like in their field? I would absolutely recommend approaching your advisor, find, like find your favorite professor on campus, uh, whoever does what you want to do. So for me, that was she, my professor, she did research in environmental systems. I knew I wanted to go something with environmental systems. And I... I bugged her all day, every day, and she was so helpful. I mean, your professors are there to help you. I would highly recommend forming that relationship with somebody in your field that you want to work with and figuring out, you know, what are the advantages and disadvantages? What can you do to make yourself look better in the field? And, you know, really finding those contacts, like, yeah. Yeah, making connections and yeah, exactly. Don't be afraid to bug people because they are there to help you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's about the end of the interview. Thank you so much for speaking with us and giving us all this super helpful advice for students that are like are in a position that you are in yourself. And you could do it. They can do it. It's oh, all gonna yeah. be good. Oh yeah, it's so doable. People make it sound so hard, but yeah, it works out. Everything works out. <laughs> Our second interview is with Skye. Skye majored in anthropology and is attending grad school for her master's in student affairs and higher education. She was an RA at SSU and got an assistantship at her grad school. All right, Skye, we are recording. Fantastic. <laughs> so can you tell me about how you came to SSU in the first place? Yes, so um, in high school, I did apply to several Cal States and UC schools and Sonoma State kind of really caught my eye due to the nursing program. Um, I actually came into SSU as a pre-nursing student. Um, so my goals at that point in my life were to enter the medical field and to be a nurse, but you know, that quickly changed um, when I did not get accepted into the program. And then I kind of got stuck in this crossroad of, okay, well, do I leave and continue to pursue nursing? Or do I stay because I've already kind of built this, or I've had finally built a strong foundation of support, of friends, of 
you know, I established a sense of community on campus. And I also really was in love with my job as an RA at the time and doing other student leadership on campus. So Sonoma State retained me because of that job and because of the fact that I loved connecting with the students on campus and being able to be someone who was creating um, positive change within housing and within student leadership. So how did you get into being an RA? What was that like? Yeah, so um, my freshman year, I did struggle a lot in terms of trying to just like find myself and feel like I belonged at Sonoma State. And the people who did reach out to me the most and offer me the most support in terms of connecting me to campus resources or connecting me to other people in my building who, you know, aligned with my thinking or who had similar interests with me were my RAs and my peer mentor at the time. And both of them were like, hey, like we kind of see this like, natural leader type personality in you you're very outgoing you talk a lot as you can tell you know you're very friendly and you're very knowledgeable on things and we think that maybe if you're interested trying out for one of these jobs would be really good for you because you know a lot of us have the same drive and the same goals and the same wanting to help people and make connections as you do and i got along really well with both of them so i was like okay yeah like might as well give it a shot you know free housing doesn't hurt and um I applied and it was funny because the day after I had applied, um, my mom had just lost her job. So it was kind of a make or break moment for me. And okay, if you want to stay at Sonoma State, you need to get a job where you can kind of help alleviate some of that financial burden because um, at that point, paying for housing for another year in the future just wasn't looking doable for my family. And I really enjoyed taking the University 365 class on leadership. I really enjoyed the people I met there. I enjoyed interviewing and doing the workshops. And I just told myself, I'm going to put my best foot forward and kind of just show them who I am, what I'm about, and that I'm here to connect with people. I love, love, love hearing people's stories and understanding how, you know, how can I help make your experience here the best that it can possibly be. And you uh, switched your major right after the pre-nursing thing. Yes, I did. (laughs) So tell us about that. Yeah, so I loved science. I I still love science, you know, but I I love anything that has to do with human body anatomy. And um, being a pre-nursing student was extremely stressful because it's, you know, very high vigorous pace, heavy classes, a lot of math, a lot of science, a lot of um, information that even professors who teach the courses will tell you like this is usually spread out over two semesters for most regular like bio students whereas we're trying to shove it all into your head within a semester so um, I I love school I love learning so I really thrived in um, that high pace high stakes environment where it was kind of like you know you need to remember this because this is important and I was learning about something that I was so interested in so it was really easy for me to retain it um, so when I applied to nursing um, with my, you know, good GPA with, you know, how established I was with the pre-nursing students then, you know, a lot of them knew me and a lot, I, you know, came to me for assistance with classes and I was happy to help because they helped me a lot too. And, you know, working as a student leader on campus, I thought, okay, I have a pretty good shot at this. I think that I've, you know, established that I'm someone who is a people person who is really good at academia and it just didn't work out in my favor. Um, Unfortunately, that wasn't in my deck of cards. And that was my first really big knockdown of, hey, you're not the best person here so get over it you know and it took it took me a while to really like kind of pick myself up and dust myself off and understand that like this didn't work out what else is there for you as i mentioned before i kind of came to this crossroad of 
well, do you want to go and continue to pursue nursing somewhere else? Or do you want to stay here with this community you finally have where you're super happy and stay in your job and stay with your friends? And personally, I had worked so hard for that social aspect. And I was so in love with working with students and with my job that I just, I chose to stay and I, you know, kind of was able to connect with a professor in the anthropology department who she's no longer, um, she's on sabbatical, so she's no longer on campus, but she had told me, you know, there's other ways for you to pursue nursing and you should try to pursue more for yourself because you, you know, you could be way more than a nurse. She's like, you've been in my classes. I've seen what you can do. I've seen how your brain works and you are fully capable of being more than a nurse. So she wanted me to do like med school, which I was with for a moment, but the more I kind of repeatedly took science courses, the less and less I loved it. But the one thing that stayed consistent for me and like my love of like being at SSU was being an RA and being in campus housing and connecting with students and hosting programs and having one-on-ones and just, you know, kind of really getting the opportunity to be part of a support system for people because it's the little actions and the little things every day that we do to kind of just check in on someone or make sure that they don't need anything that make all the difference in their life. And, you know, you really don't kind of see it until you step back and see the big picture of like all these people who are like, I know you and I love you and you've helped me so much. And even just kind of hearing, even if they never had said a word to me throughout the year, but at the end of the year, they'd left a note or they had come and knocked on the door and said, I wanted to say bye to you in person because you were awesome. You helped me, you know, and and that's what made that difference. That's what really just kind of made me feel like I was making an impact and that I was a person who was really trying my best and to help people and it was paying off. So how did all of this translate into the career you have now or and the career you're pursuing? Yeah, so I am going to be going into a master's program at Michigan State University for um, student affairs and higher education. And basically that is just to allow me to be a professional on campus who does the work that I had so fallen in love with of connecting to students and saying, I see you, I hear you. I want to hear your story and I want to hear and see how I can help you with my platform or with where I'm at. Who can I connect you with? Well, how can I help you get funding? You know, this school's not for you. That's okay. And that, you know, it's totally fine that it's not, but how can I help you find a place that is going to be for you? You know, who can I call that I know there that can help you find out more? So um, I will be starting in Michigan in I think August, and I will also be in a position um, for my grad assistantship called assistant community director in which I will be overseeing a staff of RAs in their housing building and conducting weekly check-in meetings with them, making sure that they are meeting their criteria for programming, they're meeting their criteria for outreach for the week, and making sure that budgeting is all in place. Um, Kind of like a diet version of like area coordinators at Sonoma State Campus. So Cookie, Derek, Callie, Annie, things that they do, but at a kind of a smaller scale, because I would have an actual professional like them kind of just peeking over my shoulder to make sure that everything is being done correctly. And if I need any help or if I need any advice on my RA struggling with this, I don't know what to do. How do I go about this? They can like kind of come in and either help facilitate that or give me pointers on what to do. Um, I really want to enter the world of student affairs to try and create change on campuses Um, as a brown person, as a woman who is going into this world of higher academia, you know, we're underrepresented. And even though we're kind of starting to push our way more in there, um, change has been coming very slowly. And we've all seen in the last year how politically and emotionally charged um, our nation has been. 
just with everything going on from the pandemic to struggling um, economically from people losing their jobs to um, the George Floyd um, spark of the BLM movement to kind of come into full swing and it's still been carrying out even with these new cases that are coming up already this month. And campuses need to be able to morph and be able to support students as change comes. I feel like there is this kind of lag in response because they don't know what to do because it's new, but we need to have kind of a quicker turnaround of we're acknowledging these things. We're acknowledging that it's okay to not be okay. And how can we move forward to either make you feel seen or heard as a underrepresented group or get you the psychological services you need at this time or try to host more events and programs that are going to uplift and empower you and help educate others who maybe are not as aware of what's going on or who don't understand why it's important that we're supporting you and uplifting you. So that's kind of my overall goal. <laughs> I really kind of want to just like infiltrate the world of education and say like, hey, like brown people are important to you. Women are important to you. Um, you know, underrepresented people are important to you and we're not doing enough. So how can we do more? Wow. So you developed all of this passion so quickly, it sounds like, while you were at Sonoma State. And would you say that your work on campus is sort of what led you to want this career in student affairs and higher education? Yes, a thousand times yes. And um, I, it's having people who were women of color, or who were people of color who said, I see you and I see your passion. And even though you kind of are weary to step into it, you need to take it and run because it is so hard to come by people who are this driven and this passionate about things like this. And we need you. You know, we need you to be the next generation of crusaders to come and bring this change, you know. Um, Doc Sawyer was a really important person to me when it came to kind of getting me to believe that this was a place that I needed to be and where I wanted to go. And, you know, and Cookie Garrett on campus as well, both of them really kind of nurtured me as a leader and helped what well, kind of round me out and helped me see the bigger picture of, you know, it may not be the most high paying job and you need to understand that going into it. But... Mm -hmm. If you have the drive and the passion, we want to have you and people want to see you and you will change and impact so many lives. And I know that that's true because I know how many lives that they've impacted and changed. They've, they've impacted and changed my life even, you know? So it'd be like just really awesome to be that next person who sees the, the kid who really is in doubt of themselves or who doesn't know where they're going and to say, hey, like, you're really good at this you're really good and really educated and people like you, you know, people, people see you and are inspired by you. So how can, let me, let me help you work on your next steps. What do you want to do? Let me understand where you want to go and how, how can I help you get there and achieve that? Because that's what they did for me. Right. Um, and it was really cool being able to just like, you know, come into my department chair who's, you know, anthropology and tell her like, this is what I want to do. And she was like, okay. And I said, yeah. So can I translate what I'm learning here into that field? And, you know, she was like, absolutely. Let's talk about the ways we can do that. And, you know, how can I, as your professor, help you do that? So I, I just had support from so many people on campus who really kind of solidified that confidence in me to go for it and to just kind of submit those applications. And um, for the longest time, I tried to like convince myself, like, no, you want to be a doctor. No, you want to be a nurse. No, you want to be in public health because, I was just kind of scared of the outcome. I was scared of what will my life look like if I kind of take this risk of stepping into 
this world where there is so much turmoil and there is so much emotional input and emotional drain. But at the same time, it's like, that is where my calling is. I feel it. I, I can smell it, taste it and feel it in my soul that that is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And that is where I'm going to help people the most. And my goal has always been no matter what career I'm in to help people. Yeah, that's really coming through when you're speaking to me. I can tell that this is something you're enthusiastic, you're passionate, you know what you want. And can I ask you about how you got your like job on campus? I'm interested. Sure, in as an RA or um, for my assistantship, which job? Your assistantship. Yes. Okay. So um, for Michigan, each program is given or allotted a certain amount of funding for students. And basically an assistantship is a way for the program or the school itself to fund you, whether it be paying for your tuition or paying you monthly for your work on campus. And luckily because it's the field and world of student affairs, schools are kind of like, well, we're gonna get the best of both worlds by putting you to work. So we don't have to go out and recruit all of these professionals and who are already in the field. And at the same time, you know, bring you here so you can get education with the people we have who are amazing and awesome. And um, so basically it was just was a list that was sent out of here are the spots available and here are the dates that resumes and cover letters need to be turned in. And you, you know, if you hear back from these people who are applying these assistantships, then you can schedule an interview and we'll move forward from there. So really it was kind of like a regular job search. It almost kind of felt like using Handshake where there was just a listing of jobs put out and it was like, okay, do I fit the criteria for this? Will my resume reflect that this is something that I can be impactful in and that I can serve to this job well? Um, I applied for two different ones. I applied for the, yeah, the assistant community director as well as a communications director for their residential education um, and campus housing services program, which was also like similar working with a team of students who did more like event outreach and advertisement for the department itself. But um, I just kind of had to relearn everything. I had to learn how to make my own resume. I had to learn how to make myself stand out on paper, how to write a cover letter. I had never done any of that before. And, you know, I was really lucky that some students who are already at the program in Michigan reached out to me and said, hey, like, we noticed that you looked really confused and we said you had to write a cover letter. So can I help you? Like, you know, I work for the career center there or when I did mine, this is what template I used or what helped me. Or, you know, if you need me to spell check or proof or give you my input, I'll do that for you. And that was so, so, so helpful. Just kind of getting a second set of eyes, a third set of eyes even say, okay, how about we do this? Or what do you think of that suggestion? Um, Clifton strengths is something I never would have thought to put on my resume and actually like made a huge impact because people are super interested in how they can build their team based off of people's um, Clifton strengths. And it was just awesome kind of putting, you know, feeling like I was getting my life together and putting it on paper and then seeing how many replies I got back and people saying, okay, we want to interview you. And, you know, yeah, I put my best foot forward in the interviews too, of just like, here's why I'm here. (laughs) I need funding, but I also really want to like work with students. This is something I want to do as a professional. And I want to, I want to learn. Right. Not only can I contribute to the job that you're posting and that you're looking for people, but I know that being in that room, I'm going to be hearing so many different perspectives and I'm going to be learning and tailoring my idea of serving in this job and my idea of what it means to be a leader who works with students and what it means to work with undergrad student leaders that I think will benefit me because in the end, no matter where you are in life and what career you go into, you're always going to be learning. 
And you need to right. be open to the fact that your perspectives are always going to change and there are always different ways to look at things and do things. So that I think really helped give me, um, it helped pin me out and make, give me a unique kind of stance of like, so you're not just here because you want the job, you're here because you want an experience. Excellent. And we only have a small amount of time left and I'd like to use it to ask you what advice you have for current students. Now, you've already given us some really wonderful advice, but just anything you want to tell anybody right now who's looking at getting a job as soon as they possibly can with graduating. Yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, I would say it's okay to not know where you're going and it's okay to not have an immediate clear idea of what you want. You know, I switched my major three times at Sonoma State. I switched my idea of what I wanted to do career-wise multiple times at Sonoma State. And, you know, it wasn't until I took a step back and allowed people to help me and allowed people to say like, hey, like, you know, would you mind coming to my office? I want to meet with you. As intimidating as that sounds, a lot of the time it's people telling you like, hey, like, what do you want to do? You know, where are you looking career-wise? Because I have connections or I see this in you, or I think that, you know, your capabilities in this area or what you've shown me in class or what your classmates say about you reflect a lot on what you can do career-wise. And it's, you know, important to allow people to help you. And it's okay to ask for help because a lot of the times people and faculty are there for that reason. They want to help you. They want to see you succeed. They want to connect you to people. So I would say, you know, Advice-wise, it's okay to not know what you want. Make sure that you ask for help and make sure that you allow people to connect you and give you resources. Allow people to let them put your name out there and network you. As intimidating as that sounds and as weird as it is being like, why me? But it's for a good reason. And also, you know, if you're on the fence about something, do your research and feel free to consult with people. Don't be afraid to make those calls to universities and say, hey, what makes your program different from these ones and what can you offer me? Or, hey, like I do not have the money to pay for a master's program. How can your school help me do that? Mm -hmm. Because most of the time these schools want you. They want you to come. They want you to be there. And if any school who makes you feel like you are lucky to be there or makes you feel like you should feel honored that they're even giving you an interview may not be the right place for you. Wow. Yeah. I haven't heard that from a guest yet, but I 100% agree with that, that you need to know your own value and know that there are lots of places that would be happy to have you. You shouldn't mm -hmm. close yourself off. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you speaking with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been like super cool. I can cross this off my bucket list. I've been on a podcast. <laughs> like, wow. How many oh, yeah. people could say that? <laughs> so um, it's been really nice talking to you though. And th thank you for wanting my input and thank you for wanting my advice. Our final interview is with Aurora. Aurora majored in Geography, Environment and Planning, and Environmental Systems at SSU. She is an Operations Maintenance Assistant at Sonoma County Water Agency. Okay, Aurora, we are recording. Great. So, tell me about how you came to Sonoma State. So, when I first got accepted to Sonoma State, um, I had just completed my I just got gotten my degree in water resources management from a community college back in Gilroy, California, which is where I'm from. And I really wasn't sure what kind of career I wanted from Sonoma State. Um, I 
I knew I wanted to go into water resources, but with the degree programs that Sonoma State offered at the time, there was a water resources program available at Sonoma, but by the time I got there, I was informed that it was no longer available and that I, it was, I don't actually know how I even got into Sonoma State because they were, they basically told me I was kind of in a limbo, um, where I had a a degree, but I didn't have a degree. Um, so, uh, we ended up deciding on an environmental resources pathway, which actually turned out to work a lot better than expected. (laughs) So how did you get interest in this field? Um, Actually, I had a friend back home who told me about it. And um, at the time, I really wasn't sure whether I really wanted to get into it because um, looking at the statistics, it was really male dominated. And I also was under the impression that it would be a lot of difficult math work. And I was like, well, I'm not really a math person. Uh, And so I just decided, you know, um, I'm going to take one of the classes, see how it goes. And I actually really ended up liking it. And I ended up completing the degree pathway at my previous school. And so when I got to Sonoma State, I found that the the internships were the most helpful getting me into this career um, because while I was at school with the degree path that I took, we had to do two internships and I ended up doing the environmental inquiry. They had a land management program. And so I started with that one because I figured, well, this would be, I just need to get it done. Um, and if I can't find another degree or another internship, I can just go back to this one and it'll be fine. I'll, I'll have finished that requirement. <laughs> I began as a student through the internship program. And at the beginning of 2020, I actually cold called the water department um, because I had heard about that they had they call it the OIT program, which is an operator in training. It was funny because now looking back, there's a lot of my colleagues that talk about, oh, I wonder what happened to that that student that just kind of showed up at the office. I'm like, oh, that was me, actually. <laughs> I just showed up. <laughs> and I, I told them, you know, I had heard about this opportunity. I was interested, what do I need to do in order to get into this field? Because it's not always easiest to get into uh, water treatment um, or wastewater treatment. And my focus is wastewater treatment. So what do you think the advantages are of beginning work in a field that you like as a student, as opposed to looking for work in that field after you graduate? um, The advantages of it is definitely being able to get the hands-on experience because I think that that was one of my big fears coming out of community college and looking at uh, which schools I wanted to go to and what careers I wanted to take. I was really concerned that I was learning all this theoretical stuff and I wasn't able to get the hands-on experience that I needed in order to solidify the fact that I wanted to definitely work in this career. And so being able to work in water resources while going to school, um, even though my degree wasn't necessarily um, the same area as what I wanted to do, 
it gave me that confidence to know that I will be fine when I graduate. And I, it solidified that I wanted to do this. So you were able to get that experience. You, it taught you that you can do this and this is what you want to do, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so what is your favorite part of the job? I actually have quite a few favorite parts. Um, I really enjoy, well, first of all, I just really enjoy, it kind of sounds weird to say, but I really enjoy wastewater treatment because it's different from water treatment. Whereas with water treatment, we just kill off all the bacteria, but with wastewater, it's a lot like a human being where we feed it, it digests, and then we send out the the, re the recycled water. And so we're able to provide water to the vineyards and uh, different agriculture. And we're able to just, I think it's a really fun process. <laughs> of course, you should be passionate about the thing that you're working in. <laughs> and um, how did the negotiations for your internship go? How, how did you approach them saying, well, I can't take a full-time job, but I would be interested in being an intern? The one thing that I noticed with Sonoma Water is during their interview process, they're very big on how do you work with others. Um, and so I was able to kind of just say, you know, I'm a team player. I, I am able to work on my own, but also um, if you put me in a group, it will be fine. I'm not going to butt heads. Um, and I felt like being able to portray to them that I would be an asset in that aspect um really helped out and also they were they wanted to know what my five-year goals were and due to that I guess just prove to them that I'm not just here to be an intern I really would like I would like to move forward in the company and that I value what they do as well um so I felt like that was really important absolutely and we're coming just to about the end of this interview and I think what I want to know is what advice do you have for current students who are considering looking into jobs while they're still students at Sonoma State? Just just apply to places. Um, I felt like that was a big part of this is, you know, I would have never applied to Sonoma Water Vegetation Maintenance Program, but I, you know, I did and it led to a lot of really good opportunities. Um, and I feel like, you know, the worst thing they can say is no. And a lot of people I find don't feel like they have the confidence or they don't have the experience of, of what the application is asking. And, you know, a lot of it is like, if you just have not even 50% of what's on that application, they're going to teach you the rest of it. And so I feel like that is kind of a way to create a mental safety blanket for yourself is just to think, you know, they're going to teach you the rest of it. <laughs> And that's what it is as an intern they're gonna as an intern that is their job to teach you and you're not gonna know everything right off the bat well thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today like i really appreciate this and i think this is going to be super beneficial for our listeners i hope so <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Let's close with takeaways from today's episode. First, get those internships. Internships are often gateways into a career you are interested in, and they provide you with knowledge and experience so that when a job opening appears, 
you are already a prepared candidate. Also, internships are a great way to trial run a field you aren't sure about yet. The best teacher is experience. Next, get those connections. We've been saying this since the very beginning, so you know we mean it. Connections with your peers, professors, and employers make sure that you are on their minds when they receive information that would interest you. If you want to get ahead and stay ahead, talk to those in your field. Finally, don't worry about not feeling ready for a particular career. You are doing everything right by being an engaged student. So whatever knowledge you feel that you lack for a position, know that you will learn. Your employer will show you what you need to know, and you can apply all those skills you honed while studying as a Seawolf. Be confident. You've made it this far, after all. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned next week for more of the SSU Career Chat.